So be loved, hold me close. Scripture, Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's a lot of things to love the Lord with. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these two. Isn't that a powerful statement? So my introduction, we're on a journey of love. On Sunday evenings, we have be loved, beloved, beloved. Hallelujah. And we have focused on receiving the love of God. We need to be very sure that we have received and that we know his love for us. Uh, we focused on knowing what real love what is real love and what counterfeit love is. I say that God's love is so powerful, so deep, so safe, so secure, so just is his love. And everything he has ever done and will do in the future comes out of his expression of this great love that he has for us. Don't mistake and make a mistake and say he doesn't love you because there are consequences to a fallen world. We bear those consequences. That doesn't mean God doesn't love us. There are consequences to sin. We have those consequences in our lives because we fall short. We sin, we fall short of his glory. It means we experience suffering and we experience sadness uh, uh, you know, in our time on the earth. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Hold me close, Lord. So let's walk through this main text, verse 30 of Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Uh, translation is with all your thoughts, with all your feelings, with all your mind. So there are those things mixed up in, in that definition of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your thoughts, your feelings, your mind, and with all your soul. That speaks of breath, life. Again, the mind. The mind is very important. It talks about your deep thoughts the faculty of your mind or its disposition. It implies its exercise, the purpose of the mind, the exercise of the mind, your imagination, understanding. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your mind. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, the breath, the life, the mind, purpose, imagination, and with all your Strength, that speaks of all your ability, all your might, all your power that's within you. Love the Lord with all of these things. The second is like this, is what verse 31 really means. The second is like that loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind with all your strength. Love your neighbor as 
in like manner with or to yourself. Love your neighbor in like manner as you love yourself. Mm. There is no greater commandment, nothing bigger, nothing higher than these two commandments. What? Love me like that? Love myself with all of my thoughts and feelings and my mind with all of my soul? Love myself with deep thoughts? Love myself with purpose? Love myself from my imagination, my understanding? Love myself with my ability, my might, my power? Isn't that being um, self-centered and selfish? To love myself? Yet the Lord commands and says there's no greater commands than these two. Love the Lord, love your neighbor as yourself. We, go, we, we, we focus on love your neighbor. We need to. But it's as you love yourself. Hallelujah. So I ask myself and I ask us, could we love ourselves like that, truly? Why is it even important? Why does it matter? But it's up there, isn't it? It sits among the Ten Commandments as number two. So it is really important. Speaks about our value. Many of us don't see ourselves as valuable, as worth anything. I can hear challenges. Yeah, 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 I like myself, yeah. I come to church every Sunday, I look great, I smile great. I go to my office or wherever it is on a Monday. I get on with it. I produce. I find my value in those things. I'm valuable. I'm worth everything, but deep down, mm -mm. So when we don't see ourselves as valuable, we have what's called destructive thinking, and it's opposite to the plan and the will of God. Hold me close, Lord. So in essence, it is a sinful way of thinking. If we are pushing in our walk and our development to be more like Christ, then we want to examine this area of our lives and we want to get it right, just like the next area, just like dealing with the love of money, just like forgiving. Do we love ourselves the way that we're commanded to do? Let's look at some scripture so that we can make sure that this area of our lives is also in line with God and that we're developing that way. We're going to look at the infallible word of God. Infallible, the never failing, always effective, incapable of error, word of God. The first scripture, Matthew chapter 10 Verses 29 to 31. I'm reading from the NIV, Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. 
The King James Version says, you are of more value than many sparrows. Do you truly agree with God's word about yourself? That you are of more worth than many, many sparrows who were intricately and carefully created by God? Is it possible that you believe that word about yourself, that you're valuable? Why don't we take a few seconds to say to the Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me for the way that I've seen myself, for the way that I've pretended that I haven't actually seen my worth. I haven't accepted it. I confess that now before you, Lord. Let's ask him together to hold me close. Let's say that together. Lord, hold me close. Hold me close. So don't be afraid, that scripture says, you're worth more than many sparrows. Hold that in your hearts. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. We're created. And that means we are formed originally in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance. Hold me close, Lord. For we are God's handiwork, formed originally. There was an origin that was just you, an origin that was just me, formed originally. Ask him again. Hold me close, Lord. Let's confess, I am your handiwork. I am created. I was formed originally in Christ Jesus. Hold me close, Lord. The next scripture, remember we're speaking about the infallible word of God, incapable of error. Psalms 139, verses 17 to 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. Wow. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand when I'm awake. I'm still with you. How precious to me are your thoughts. Great, mighty God thinks about you. Morning, noon, and night, he thinks about you. How precious those thoughts are. Let's say thank you, Lord, for your precious thoughts toward me. The next verse, it's, the next line says, how vast is the sum of them? So his thoughts aren't just, hey, I'm thinking about Claudette today. Wow, isn't she amazing? Move on. They're vast. They're continuous. The psalmist says, were well, I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. How vast his thoughts are to me. Hold me close, Lord. Hold me close, Lord. Next time you go to a beach, begin to count the grains of sand in your hand. See if you can get to 20. <laughs> God is thinking about you. 
The next scripture, uh, first to Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And this is something that I wanted to share in context with the words, the scriptures that I've already shared. It talks about our physical bodies. It says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So there are two points here. It doesn't say there's no profit in exercising or looking after the body or looking after yourself. It says physical training is of some value. That tells me that if I truly value myself, if I truly love myself, if I truly believe what the Word of God says about me, I'll look after this physical body as best I can. I'll give it something so that it profits. After all, it holds something very precious inside my spirit, my soul, eternal life. So there is profit in looking after yourself. But clearly, following more after God profits us more. So there are more benefits when we follow after the Lord. But loving ourselves includes our attitude towards our body and how it's used. And if we value ourselves like God values us, we'll look after ourselves and we'll follow God accordingly. You see, we're encouraged as to how to walk in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It can be easy to get caught up in the desires of the flesh. So we can get lost in what the world says about physical appearance, and we can try to apply their standards on us, leading to wrong thinking, wrong comparisons, damage to ourselves. Mm. I just remembered a story, so I'll tell it. Uh, there was a lovely lady that I knew years ago, and this lovely lady was very beautiful, but she would never, ever leave her house without makeup on. She wouldn't leave, she wouldn't get up in the morning and not put makeup on, whether she was going out or not. And that makeup became her defense of how she really felt about herself, and she couldn't see herself as beautiful without the makeup. And it took some healing of the Lord for her to be able to go out on the streets without makeup and accept how she was made, who she was. Because the world puts standards on us that God does not. What they say is amazing and beautiful and gorgeous and this and that, it's not. God formed us originally before the standards of man, before. So we have wrong thinking, we, we cause damage to ourselves and regardless of our physical appearance, we need to remember that in Psalm 139 as well, it says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love how it talks about the intricacy of when we were being formed in our mother's wombs. I was at the um, doctor's, the physiotherapist on uh, Thursday, and um, he, I was doing something because I had an issue with my finger, 
and I was rubbing it because it hurts a lot. I couldn't pick things up and stuff. And um, I was kind of just naturally rubbing it all of the time. It was getting a bit better. So he explained to me, he said, well, you know, God, he said God, shows us the right thing to do instinctively sometimes with our bodies. So what you've been doing is correct because if you imagine, you know, like when they put up a telephone line, but it's got those tacks on it to keep the telephone line straight in your house or something. In, in your hand, uh, it, there's a ligament, but it's got five of those things that could appear to be tagged. So when the ligament is swollen, it can't go under the tag, so it gets stuck, so you can't bend properly. When he was showing me the pictures, I said, wow. So I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and every single nook and cranny in my body, God has a plan for it. And if something's out of kilt, it doesn't work properly. It was fantastic for that explanation, just to reiterate Psalm 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully and intricately made right from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. God planned every single part of me. And he planned every single part of you. That's amazing. Hold me close, Lord. Hold me close, Lord. So we have to agree and we've got to understand that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. More so by the Spirit of God, because Galatians 5 says, so I say walk by the Spirit. We're guided correctly by the Spirit in thought and in deed when we walk by the Spirit. We're not thinking how the world thinks, but we're thinking how God thinks. And we're agreeing with what, with what he says about us. So I thought to myself, well, God, if God says something and I disagree, then I'm against his will. I'm in sin. I don't want to be in sin. Hold me close, Lord. Hold me close. Now, we've been really speaking about and journeying in a need to have spiritual, physical, and emotional health. The Bible speaks about the wrong side of this as well, so... I need to point that out and distinguish how we learn to accept and love ourselves from being lovers of self, spoken of in the scripture. So there's a right way, but there's also a wrong way. The Bible warns us against being lovers of ourselves. That's different to loving ourselves. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. They will be fond of themselves. They will be selfish. That's the interpretation. They will be selfish. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, appearing above others, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, etc., so the two things there that stood out, they're fond of themselves, they're selfish, and they love to be people that appear above others. So it's talking about self-obsession. And you can be self-obsessed because you look in the mirror every day and you think, mm -mm -mm, you can't touch this. <laughs> I'm just so wonderful. I'm way above everybody else. There's nobody like me. Or you can be self-obsessed looking in that mirror and saying, why did God make me that way? Why couldn't I look like so-and-so down the road? 
Why did this happen to them and not to me? You see those two angles as well, which are both incorrect. This type of selfishness is everything is about me, 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 satisfying my needs, my wants, not letting the Lord have total control, wanting things my way. Why hasn't God done this? Why hasn't God allowed that to happen to me? Choosing not to forgive, casting my own judgments on others because God hasn't, you know, he's not on time, he's slow at, at sorting things out, healing my hurts. Let me do it myself. We have to move away from doing it ourselves, from going out on our own.